Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Forbes Esta, and today we are, I'm very excited to share our guest with you. This is Nicholas Bayer. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I forgot to ask you. Bayer, like a Bayer aspirin with an L-E, barely. Like I barely Barely. Got it. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Nicholas Bailey who is the founder of The Billion Dollar Body, and he's a coach and speaker for The Billion Dollar Brotherhood, supporting men in business, which is so key, and helping them really manage their lifestyle so that they can really be the best who they are. So welcome, Nicholas. Hey, thank you so much, Heidi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to see where we go with this. I'm I'm always pumped to uh, and I'm really pumped right now because I just had a terrible experience with a business, actually. They could have done things so much better. And so right now I'm like in a spot where I can't wait to help business owners make a bigger impact and not be that business owner that becomes obsolete here in a couple of years, which I believe this business definitely will. <laughs> yeah, well, it's obviously a challenge because things are constantly changing. And that's really the big thing with the digital era is that you know, everything happens and changes exponentially. So you don't want to be left behind and sort of be the unevolved one in the process. As long as we keep learning, we're good. I'm really curious because, you know, you're being a millennial and, and me being an old lady in this field. You know, I mean, I've been in technology for quite a long time and, and love it. But I think it's sort of fascinating to see how the mixed generations have really evolved with the technologies and how they may have used it a little different in their businesses. And so I'm curious for your, from your personal experience, how has your relationship with technology evolved in, in terms of business? Yeah. So I wasn't a big technical person. Like I wasn't using technology all the time back before it was a part of the business. So when I was going through high school, Facebook was coming out and all those different things. And I didn't have a Facebook until I was a senior. Someone had to beg me to finally get it. Uh, and I wasn't really messing around with different apps or plugins or all these different things that we use now. But as soon as I saw that with business, it's always been location, location, location. It's always been this place where, oh, if you get that corner street or if you're that gas station that's right off the freeway, you're going to be able to charge more because you're more convenient and you're able to be seen everywhere. And then all of a sudden, people stop taking their eyes. Like one, people don't even keep their eyes on the road anymore. Sorry to say it, but you know, they're looking at my Facebook ad while they're driving, which is terrible. But even in a, a regular everyday sense, where everyone's eyes are and where they're glued is on their phone. And even more so than the computer, I've even seen over the last couple of years or over the last 12 months, 16 months, that when people used to scroll through Facebook, even on a computer general population, right now, even if we're targeting 45 plus women, when I helped a, a dog company just the other day, that's an e-commerce store, they were selling to women that were mostly 45 plus, some of them 65 plus, the majority of the people that were viewing their ads, clicking on things, were all on a mobile device. So even from that side of things, going from obviously like email and uh, communicating, we had the AOL Messenger way back in the day, all the way to now mini chat and little tiny shifts like that, 
uh, even just video and podcasting in general is it's really interesting. But the whole point is that you have to be innovative. You everyone has this memory of when they were a kid and their parents were like old at the time, right? And they saw their parents not like the same music as them because all of a sudden there's this weird phase that we go through in life that I had to combat a few times already at 25 is that we settle in and we become like who we are and we don't want to change that because like, that's who I am. I don't want to change who I am. But there's this thing where you can actually keep this foundation of who you are, like your morals and your beliefs, but then also innovate on top of it. And that's been a problem for churches in the past as well. I've seen, you know, there's churches out there that won't even allow an instrument in there because they're like, no, you we can't have instruments because that's just not how we do things. That's like of the devil. Like, no, you can have a firm foundation of, of what your morals are and innovate on top of that because Apple isn't doing a bad job. So all those things in mind are the framework that I looked at when it's just obvious to business owners like you and I, that that's where people are spending their time. And instead of just trying to get the side location of the street, I can now get the prime location for my ideal audience online using the correct technology to be able to communicate with them to make their life simpler and easier to have a better user experience to be able to get more out of uh, what they're doing and to communicate with them in the way they like to be communicated with. And so innovation and consistently growing is what I believe really allows you to have tweak the learning curve because people have a hard time keeping up with the learning curve. I feel like it's like they still don't know how to log into Instagram. They don't even know how to post on Instagram. Like they don't know what to do and that you show them 15 times and they still don't know how. And where, whereas I give, if I get a three-year-old right now, an iPhone, they know how to go post on Instagram. And the difference is that ability to wanting to keep learning and keep evolving and not settle into like one way of doing things. And I believe that's really what it takes. If you want to listen to the show and be able to apply, that's going to be that one thing to open up is go, I I'm okay with innovating and growing just as I did when I was 10 to 15 to 18. And I made fun of my parents back in the day. Now I'm going to keep doing that at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. If you're 80 years old listening to this, it's like, yeah, why not learn how to upload something on YouTube? Like, Go for it. Yeah, I, I mean, you bring up a really fascinating point because I'm looking right now a lot more at the across generations piece for my new book. And what I've found is that you have these younger people who are much more pliable and flexible and they're into learning and they learn it really quickly. And then you have people that are sort of set in their ways that are sort of in this in-between place. But then you have all these seniors that are maybe shut-ins or whatever else and the access that using technology provides them to their family, to a greater community, to what's going on in the world, all of a sudden they're able to, you know, they, they seem to not in this, they're set in their ways in some ways, personality wise. But I look at my father, for example, who's a shut in and a nursing home and, you know, he's not, he's on social media more than I am, you know, and he's loving it and he's engaging with people that he hasn't had contact with for years, maybe not necessarily strict generational, but maybe there's a certain period in our life where we get stuck in our ways. Absolutely. It happens to everyone in different areas. I started to see it happen in my fashion. When I was 21 years old, I was wearing the same thing as when I was 18. And I I had this weird feeling like, no, I'm going to keep wearing the same thing for the rest of my life. I'm just never going to change that. And it was uncomfortable going out there and doing something I'd never done before. But one thing I think that's widely overlooked in technology 
is, well, one, people I don't think thought that it was going to blow up as much as it was going to. My dad still doesn't have a Facebook because he just thought, oh, I'm not going to get a Facebook. Now he's in his 50s and Facebook's this huge deal and he's not going to die for like hopefully another 40 or 50 years. And he still has no social media account. So it's similar to when you learn how to write. It's not easy how to learn how to write and learn vocabulary and learn words. But after you learn how to write, you can paint words. You can sketch them into a wall. You can spray paint them. Like Once you learn technology in one area, a lot of those skills and interfaces, like everyone's copying the original thing that was like the original social media, which was like a... What, what MySpace, right? Mm-hmm. So like everyone's got little pieces of MySpace because they're all innovating off the original. So once you know the original in some area of uh, technology, I feel like it's very easy to then go into a new type and be able to do that there. Are you going to be the best at painting when you're just used to writing with a pen? No, but you know how to write and you know vocabulary. So you can go out there and do that. You can etch it into a wall. You can etch it into a mountain. So I feel that uh, that once you get past that learning curve, with technology, all the skills. When I go into Facebook ads, let's say, I learn how to use that. It's very annoying, and I have to learn how to do it. But then now every single ads platform out there on any type of social media, any type of website, I now kind of get the general idea of how to use it, and it's not very hard for me to actually just start moving things around, getting used to a different platform. Yeah, it's that you know, getting out of your comfort zone, and then once you're there, you're like, I can do this. It's like, I can. I got it. On another type of technology, I know you're a lot about fitness and taking care of your body and taking care of your mind and all of those pieces, which are absolutely critical, especially when you're trying to have a business that thrives, that is your business. Do you use any technologies to support you in that regard, whether they're fitness apps or wellness tech? Yeah, so there's lots of things out there. It's always nice just for educational purposes to figure out like how much nutrients are in certain foods. So you can take certain fruits, vegetables, and figure out how many vitamins and minerals are actually in this thing. And is there a difference between buying organic or not buying organic or buying during a certain time of year while things are in season rather than out of season? So those are some of the things that I like more than anything. But again, with what I've realized over the years is that fitness and business and relationships are are very much tied together in the way that you can learn and cross-pollinate from your education from one to the other. And one thing that we learn through health or fitness especially is that anything, any person in a wheelchair or a crutch or a cast is never going to get stronger. And very much so, if if you don't use it, you lose it. And so if I were to have an arm that was hurt and I let it sit for too long, or if I just stopped using my arm, I'd get atrophy and then it would shut off. My body would end up not using it anymore. So same thing with fitness and health. And I believe that this is where technology is going to go in a lot of ways as well is going to be, how can we create a basic organic experience on technology? Because even with health, I want everyone to go back to the basics. Stop using a crazy machine. All the best uh, athletes in the world, They're masters of the basics, Navy SEALs, masters of basics, not of complex things. And so for fitness, I like the technology of being able to understand the foundation better, but I dislike where technology is going, where it's taking away and becoming a crutch, like back support and lumbar support and leg support and knee support and shoe support. Like all it does is weaken every single area of your body. And so I believe that with that as well, we have to be careful 
with applying that to business relationships that if you don't communicate with actual people, you're not going to know how to communicate with actual people. And so I, I, I don't know. It's just really weird for me to, you know, see people that are using so much technology when it comes to fitness. I think it's great for tracking because what's, what's tra- not tracked can't be changed. But outside of that, I don't like where it's going with like having people strap things on their stomach that is doing an ab exercise for them. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's just not really beneficial. So I think that it takes years to be able to see that. When fast food came out, it was fast and it was cheap. We just didn't know it was going to make us fat and unhealthy. And so when microwaves came out, it was fast and it was easy. But then now we're figuring out the repercussions of that. So I'm always leery to watch out like, what are the repercussions of rolling this out into my life over the next 50 years? Is there a repercussion? Because every single thing, every uh, reaction has a, the same or opposite reaction. What is the actual quote? Whatever it is, something's going to happen because of everything that you do. And so I always try to make sure that I look at that when it comes to social, when it comes to technology, for fitness, for relationships. That's why I don't have a virtual life, right? It's like I need to be here in person. It's just not going to be the same. Yeah, it's so true. A virtual wife. Well, I guess some people might appreciate that actually, but uh, (laughs) we won't even go there. But I agree, sort of the action reaction piece. And and also, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And, And there is so much to that. And to keep in mind what kinds of things are triggering which parts of our brain and focusing on outcomes rather than being like, oh, this is like the latest, coolest, easiest thing that's going to make my life better. Well, is it really going to make your life better? And building that awareness around does the outcome actually change and what is so the longevity of So even think about this for a second, like uh, when, car- when horses came about, we were like, oh, here's a horse. Now I don't have to walk. And then now I have to worry about trying to go to the gym. And then cars came out. Now I don't have to travel and I don't have to hike long distances. So now I need to figure out how I can go out there and eat healthier and try to hike all the time and walk around on a phone call. And people have to tell me to walk around the airport rather than taking the escalator. Oh, let's start escalators instead of taking the stairs. And now we have more health issues. So every single thing had a certain reaction. Me being on the show, if I look at this computer all day, every single day for the rest of my life, and it's the number one thing I do, my body starts adapting and changing and my long distance vision is going to go bad. Just yeah. what's part, part of it's going to happen because our body's always adapting to our environment. So when we make our environment too plush and too easy, then we end up losing these different things. So how do you apply that to different areas of your life? Because like I said, they're so intertwined that you know we want to make sure that we're not causing a bigger problem than the benefit of having a certain object technology or anything like that. Yeah, so true. So Consequences for everything. I just don't think people think about that enough. It's like, no matter what, everything, every decision you make in life is going to have a pro and a con. If you get on Facebook, are you going to see people less? Maybe, but can you talk to people a long distance more? Absolutely. So it's just, I always weigh the pros and the cons. As long as you're okay with it, then go for it. But if you're if you're not okay with uh, you know people seeing your stuff on social media and everyone be able to look at your profile, like then just don't get on Facebook. That's what some people think about. Oh, I don't want to be online. Then everyone's going to know like who I am, and they're going to be able to go check me out. And but the pro is that I can message anyone in my family right now and get a hold of them. They can see exactly where I'm at. They can see what I'm doing. So there's many benefits, but there's always pros and cons. Yeah, and I think and so you're bringing up a really good point in, in that ideally want to use these tools to enhance the real face-to-face connections that we have. It's not like you're creating these new things that are completely virtual. Your connection is virtual, but 
the the real relationships are not virtual. They're you know they're concrete. We feel empathy. We feel emotion. We're connected, and which brings us to you're putting on a face to face event that you mentioned in our in the green room, and I would love for you to share that with the audience because I think the value of these face to face events that. Potentially, we can make these connections and they have longevity because we're able to stay connected far beyond the event. But can you share a little bit about what you got coming up? Yeah, so I basically run a virtual company for the most part, right? I live in Temecula, California, which is right outside of San Diego. And I realized that there's tons of business owners here in San Diego. And if I wanted to create a community here, I could do it with high level 1% thinkers that are making 400,000, 1 million, $10 million every single year. But there's many people that don't have that same benefit, that same benefit of being around those types of people. I have tons of people that get connected with our company that live in West Virginia and they're in the middle of nowhere, but they have these ambitions to be able to stay close to their family, but build a business. And they're not able to connect to those high level thinkers. that's going to get them out of where they are now to where they want to be, because who you surround yourself with, you become, there's many mentors out there and that's great. But if you're around negative people all the time, it's really tough to be that one person that's trying to warm up a room, right? If you have four air conditioners on with one heater that the heater is just going to burn up after a while because that ACs are going to win. So I look at it the very same way is that, you know, running a virtual company, it's a big blessing to be able to help people that are all over the world that aren't able to be around this one group of high level men. And so once every single year, and then I actually have three other events during the year that are exclusive to only our brotherhood elite, but this is open to the public. It's called billion dollar body live. And it's June 8th to 10th in San Diego. So it makes it a no-brainer to even come out because, of course, we have the best weather in the entire world. But then on top of that, you get to basically be in a room where all of a sudden you change because of the environment. Just as I told you, bodies adapt to environments that they're in, and they'll either get weaker or stronger. If you're in the gym all the time, you're going to get stronger. You adapt. If you never go to the gym and you never eat any food, you're not going to gain much muscle. Similar to being in an environment with successful businessmen where we go over the three core topics that run a man's life, which is health, business, and relationships for our men to be able to make a greater impact, to be able to leave empowered and make a greater uh, impact and income exiting the event while building great relationships. So it's really like going in, wanting to produce more money and all these different things. But really, when you leave, you leave with a purpose that then gives you the energy and the fulfillment to be able to go out there and actually accomplish the dream that you have on your heart. So we're all about purpose and destiny. So we're inviting out any men that feel like connected to that billiondollarbodylive.com to go check it out. This is the only event that we hold during the year that's actually open to the public for people to get connected to us. And it's very exclusive, very high level, limited to 140 people. It's going to sell out months before we even have it. It happens each year. Last year, it sold out before the event happened. And so jump onto the site, see if it's a good fit, chat with some of the people. And I, I mean, you can actually talk to people that went to the event last year that are coming back. They'll get on phone calls all day because if you just showed up to an event like that, that literally helped you transform the way that you look at health, the way you look at business, the way you look, you look at relationships, and to be able to connect to like-minded businessmen that can be there on the snap of a finger for you every single day that are the one percenters that you can surround yourself with and you adapt to that environment, you go home, you feel different, you act different, you produce different results. It's really amazing. It sounds like a wonderful event, and I'm a little bit jealous, but I'm sure there are things like that for us women, too. 
Um, <laughs> just a little bit different position. But I do think that there's a really important point to that, and that's developing a community of like-minded thinkers that can really support each other and having the opportunity to connect in a real environment where you're having an ex a shared experience together. Unfortunately, these days, it happens less and less. A lot of our interactions are virtual or we're in an office environment where maybe we see everybody day to day, but do you actually really get a chance to get to know who they are and what are their needs and how you can support them? And do we take and the time to even ask? And are you around people that are similar to you? It's one thing if I were to show up to an event right now down the street, the majority of the times I walk in and I go, man, just no one's really like me. Is there really anyone out there that's like me that has big ambitions, that wants to work on the weekends, that wants to stay late and be able to work on passion, that always wants to talk about doing big things? Those are things that are not, aren't always easy to find. And also to find a group of men that care more about about things more than just business. You can go up to networking events all day. And if you can't help me in my business, I can help you. It's like, okay, great. Move on to the next one. Great meeting you. It's like taking cards and writing down phone numbers. Whereas these guys, like, if you're putting health as a priority or you love relationships and like my relationship with my wife's a big deal, we have other things to connect on rather than just one thing. I, I call it the one strand relationship is the business one. It's like two pinkies. And if it doesn't work out, it's like you're done. Whereas these guys are like locking like this on multiple subjects and they really get each other. And because of that, they're able to build a connection in a relationship where they have relationship equity and relationship capital that they can use at any time inside of a powerful community. Thank you for hosting something like that because it really sounds like a, a, you know, a very powerful experience for those who are able to partake. And for those of you listening, don't, if you're driving, please don't try to write that down. Don't worry. All of that information will be in the show notes and you'll be able to find Nicholas and, and the work that he's doing. And you also have a podcast, which is actually where I met you at uh, Steve Olsher's event, the New Media Summit. Can you talk a little bit about what your podcast theme is? Because I think people would really, if they're enjoying this conversation, they'll probably love what you talk about there. So the podcast is called The Billion Dollar Body. And really what it's about is redefining businessmen. When I say businessmen, every event I go to right now, it's like the hot topic. Tell me what you think of as the general businessman. They're like a suit that doesn't fit, uh, drinking, smoking, drugs, uh, sacrifices family, divorce, like all these different things, money hungry, uh, out of shape. These are all the things that people say when I say businessman. Tell me what a businessman is. And that's the first thing that comes to mind. Really, we're all about redefining businessmen on the show. So it's about figuring out ways that we can help men prosper better in health, business and relationships without making any of them fall down by the wayside. Because generally, men, they sacrifice uh, their health and their relationships, try to gain wealth, only to find out that it wasn't worth it halfway through their life. And they try to like keep everything and try to catch back up for the second half of their life to only never be happy and never reach their full purpose and destiny. So it's redefining what that looks like. And what, what's going to happen because of that is that all of our men that we're impacting right now are going to rise up, make a way bigger income and impact, have a way bigger following, get their message out there more that's already going to change the world. And what's going to happen is that following that they have is going to lead by they're going to see them leading by example and people will just start adopting what the leader's doing. So what happens is that I drank Coca-Cola when I was a kid because of the Olympic athlete that was drinking it, not the person that was hiding in their house watching cat videos all day. And so when you have an influence like that, it comes with great responsibility. And we're helping these men rise up as business leaders 
to redefine what business men look like. And then their 10,000 followers, 100,000 followers, whoever we help them impact, they end up wanting to live a life like them. And it ends up being a life worth modeling. And that's what the show is all about is bringing people, guests that are living that lifestyle that can equip these men to make a greater income, to make a greater impact and to transform their entire lifestyle to redefining what businessmen look like. That sounds great. I'm going to have to lead my son over there to, to listen to your show. I'm curious because you talk a lot about impact. Do you talk about sort of philanthropy or building those pieces into your business as sort of a, a, a feeding your soul, but also supporting your business and encouraging people to build businesses that give back to? Absolutely. So I've been investing in a mastermind for three years, which is called Thrive, Make Money Matter. And the whole point is to help businesses not be a nonprofit or for-profit, but be for-purpose. And meaning that we take, we make a bunch of money, and because of that, we're able to allocate it to places that we want to. So one of our goals, just personally this year, was to give more money this year than we made last year, which is definitely a big struggle. And I'm pretty sure we're really close to being right on the mark. And so, again, that comes down to leading by example. It's redefining what businessmen look like. Very seldomly are we like, you know, piping down the horn of like, this is how you got to live life. It's actually doing it and setting the example for the community and having these people that honor, trust, know, like, and love you then go and jump on the bandwagon as well. So, yeah, I mean, we've had months where you're able to f- feed 400 families. Um, it's been cool. Like we do different things every month and then our constant like monthly support things. Uh, but then also what, what a community honors. So if you're a gangster, and you're in a gang, generally it's going to be like robbery, doing things like stupid vandalism. Those are going to be honored in the community is something that's cool. Now, when you get in a community like ours, all of a sudden, like making big impact, accomplishing things, growing businesses, giving back, these are all things that are honored, being healthy, investing in yourself. All these things are what makes you cool. And what's funny is that when you go, you can literally be a gang member, put them into our community, and they can have the same ambitions All they want to do is look cool and be accepted into a community, except for that community has a firm foundation on what success looks like. And all of a sudden they start doing things to be recognized, which is maybe not the most healthy thing in the world. But all of a sudden you can take these people with unhealthy ambitions that end up doing healthy things because they have great examples. And what success looks like is giving back, making an impact, growing every single day, investing in yourself, being a great husband, having a healthy body, taking care of yourself. And that's what that one mastermind that I've invested in for three years now, that's Cole Hatters, that's one thing that it showed me was that all I wanted to do was give more because that's what the whole mastermind was about. Can I give back? All of a sudden that became the way that I was cool. I was like, oh, I I love being cool. Like I love doing things that are awesome in the community. And the way that you do that here is by giving. And so even though deep down it might have been a tiny bit selfish, it got me to do something selfless. Yeah, well, sometimes it takes practice to make something just become a behavior that we, you know, it becomes habit. So, you know, if it's I good. Everyone should do it. Like yeah. I went through the Starbucks line yesterday, bought the person behind me. And one time we had this happen in Northern California. And for six hours, the people at the, uh, at the Starbucks told us after that for six hours, every person bought the drink for the person behind them. That's awesome. I love and that. And, and there's one person. Yeah. And, and, and we don't realize the ripple effect that we cause when we, with our positive actions and unfortunately with our negative actions sometimes too. The wonderful thing with technology is that we can have such a wider reach when we do something really positive and it's visible that that passes on and really can 
have an incredible impact. It sounds like you're developing this whole pool of incredible mentors for the next generation of businessmen. And I applaud you for that. It's a wonderful thing. And, you know, really honored to have you here to share your story with that. What brought you to this place of sort of, you know, doing what you're doing now? Was there something that sort of triggered you to uh, get involved in this space? Yeah, so I guess came from failing in all the areas. So I grew up in a pretty average family. I was a pretty average kid. I'm average height, average muscle mass. Everything was pretty average. And my family broke up or my parents split up when I was four. Stepmom moved in like shortly after that. Had a stepdad as well. Two different families, two different homes. And I realized that at 14 years old, my dad and I had a big falling out, which caused me to gain 60 pounds. I graduated high school with a 1.8 GPA. I had no girlfriend for seven years. And so those are kind of the three areas that we care about. I, I got married with no job. I had no income. I was 20 and she was 18. And so I was failing in, in all these different areas. And first, it was health that I started focusing on. And as I focused on health, I started seeing that my confidence came back. And the things that were masking me or blocking me from seeing my full potential were starting to get ripped off me because there were, there were all these insecurities and things where I was... Uh, very selfish in the way that I was self-conscious, which just means I'm always thinking about myself, conscious of self. So as I started becoming less conscious of myself, I started becoming more conscious of others. I started connecting my father again, started connecting with new friends, started up-leveling my friend group, which I've done over and over again my whole life. And so health was the first step that helped me get out there and become the man that I was meant to be, express myself, attract the woman in my life. Because same as business, you're not going to attract high-paying restaurant customers that pay $500 a person with McDonald's marketing. You're just not going to do it. And so you market to the customer that you want. And so for me, that was just being myself, which attracted my ideal wife, who we got connected from her posting a Ferrari jet picture on Facebook. And I was like, she said, I want one of these at 17 years old. I was like, that's pretty big ambitions. This girl's pretty cool. Add her on Facebook. I'll like, um, connect with her, message her, hey, that's so cool that you want to do that. That that attracted me because I was thinking of high big things. So I attracted my wife and then from there it was like, we need to create an income, but I'm not going to do it through this old way where we have to be separated forever, where you work eight hours, I work eight hours. There's no way they're going to perfectly overlap. We're never going to see each other. My only other option is creating a business. And so seeing that I was failing in every single area and as I did one at a time, which was health first, focusing on myself and growing myself, I was then able to attract my wife first for me. A lot of men should probably create an income first. I just didn't do that at all. And then saw the power of relationships and the power of fulfillment. So as that kept going on, I started seeing that the number one Achilles heel for most of these people making an impact was the fact that they couldn't balance any of these three areas of life that every single man goes through. It's not like you could just say, oh, I'll outsource this. I'll outsource my health. I'll outsource my relationship. I'll outsource my business. There's most of these things you can't outsource at all. So we either need to figure out how to get good at it or just let them fall down by the wayside. And I saw that Tony Robbins had had three wives. And I saw that some of my mentors had had multiple wives. And I saw that they had health problems and they had to focus on these things that kept them away from their mission and impact. And I knew if I could support them. Imagine if they didn't have to split up and go through that heartache over and over again and lose half their income and all these different things. If they were able to have a loving, supporting relationship that they actually nurtured from the beginning and had that commitment, how much more of an impact could they make? So really it was looking at how can we get people to live out a destiny? 
and people think that they don't have one, but I'll tell you, there's more than enough to go around because the 99% of people go to the grave with their destiny in their pocket and never take it out. And so mm-hmm. there's plenty of them to live and we're just helping really eliminate the things that are blocking the men from seeing that so that they could be the person that they were already meant to be. I think that's beautiful. And, 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 uh, you know, so appreciate your story and quite a journey you've had. And I assume it's the same wife that you, you married when you were, you said 20 and she was 18. Yeah. Kudos to you. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. That's I only have awesome. one wife. Yeah. Well, you, I'm sure, you know, there's nothing like, you know, creating your support system. And obviously you were like, like-minded and, you know, both had big vision. And I think that that's a really important foundational piece is to find someone that supports you in that journey because you've been on who, quite who, a journey. And who wouldn't want to become a part of a community that helps shape who they already are? Literally, we're just taking off all the rust and all these other things that are like not making people shine the way that they're supposed to. And then all of a sudden, all they have to do is be themselves and they become the attractive character for their business. Right? I'm the face of my business and all I am is myself and we attract all the people that we want. And for my relationship, all I am is myself and I attract the wife that I want. What do I have to do to keep her, keep being myself? That's not too hard. <laughs> and, and all I have to do is treat myself how I'd want other people to treat me and all of a sudden I'm investing in my body. And so it takes all the pressure and weight off of trying to be someone that you're not when you're able to just actually drop all these different facades, have someone help refine you. Cause like gold isn't valuable until it's refined right through fire, which sucks. Like you have to get burned and diamonds are created through pressure. And so it was just like sand beforehand. Right. So it's all these different things. There's the pearl, like there's all these different analogies that are shown to us that were like, Oh wow, I want that type of result, but I don't want to go through that type of pressure. Uh, to become what I was always meant to be. So gold is always supposed to be valuable, but when it's all dirty, it's not. Yeah. And when it's refined, it's valuable. And that's all we do for these guys. It's building in that refinement. And I think part of what you're you're saying there or what I'm hearing from you is sort of just helping them be their best self. Because, you know, whether they're coming in from the gang analogy, as you said before, ultimately they all have the same goal. It's just that the environment that they've been in sets different outcomes of that goal and sort of encourages a different best, what, what best is. And so uh, when you put them in an environment where that best is something that supports their community, supports them and supports their business, there's no stopping them. Yeah. It's literally your environment is your pot, like your plant and your environment is your pot. So if you're the guy who is playing basketball at the a boys and girls club down the street, you may become the best possible bit basketball player there but because of the environment, the pot's only so big and you only get so good. And if you put that same effort, same effort, same time, same mindset, same everything, but you were playing with NBA players, you would become way, way better. It's just the craziest thing to me. So people are giving every single effort that they have. All the men, like I, so many men come to us that are like, I'm just trying to have financial freedom. I'm not even like prospering. I'm just trying to actually make buy. And it's just so funny that all of that effort and all of that big thinking, it's capped by their environment because they're in this pot. No matter how hard they try to grow, no matter how much they water it, no matter how much they read, they're just not going to grow anymore. Whereas I learned this from being a professional motocross racer, from being around uh, I had professional golfing clients. I When I raced motocross, when I was the worst in the group, that was the best thing possible. So I, ra- I, I practiced with the best professionals. And it allowed me to pass up everyone 
who had been above me before just skyrocket past them. Golf, I was shooting in the hundreds and I started golfing with one of our professional golf clients and all their people. Their mindset was to shoot below par and over time with the same effort that I would have put in like everyone else who's been golfing for 50 years who's never gotten any better. I was able to go surpass and shoot in the 70s in one year. And so that same type of thing I put into business, would you rather work very, very hard, slowly up-leveling your community and your pot size, putting in the same effort to grow this much, or would you rather put yourself in a high-level community where that same work and effort gets you to grow this much because the pot's bigger and you're able to accelerate your growth that much quicker? And it's just very funny to me that what is failure today is massive success of three years ago. And so my failure, let's say failure is $80,000 a month. Wow, we're really sucking right now. And success is $250,000 a month. Oh, wow, that was a really good month. All of a sudden, the, the effort and the way that I look at things is the exact same as when that was $8,000 and $25,000. Same effort, same mindset, just different environment, which gets me to think a little bit differently. And it's just a different problem. And, it, and it, every single person in America goes through it because even if they're making 47000 the average in America, that's still way more than someone in Zimbabwe that's like, I could never imagine ever making that much money. And so they fight for $2 a day, $8 a day is a good day. And so it's just so interesting that literally you could just transmute yourself into a different environment, expect something different, and actually get it. Yeah, well, and that's the beauty of perspective. You know, when you have a group of, of peers to help you get out of our own heads and get that perspective. That's a, that's a pretty powerful thing. So that community is there. And I would imagine you probably also use technology to connect your community in between. Have you ever found people are challenged by the virtual versus the, or the mediated interaction versus having those face-to-face? Oh, absolutely. Nothing will, will ever replace face-to-face. Um, but you actually don't need as much of it as you think to up-level your community. So mm-hmm. we've done plenty of research on this. And with the masterminds I've invested in trying to get around high-level people, a lot of them happen twice a year, three times a year, because they, what they realize is that that one interaction, you can actually goal set, set a clear path game plan forward to improve your life. And if you have them too often, sometimes it becomes too familiar. And you end up not like cherishing it as much, not having as much value for it. So what I've noticed is that we use technology in many ways to be able to be connected together, to see each other, to keep that inspiration going in between those in-person meetings. If the, if the in-person meetings never happen, I don't believe we'd be making as big of an impact. But equally, I don't think we'd stay as connected if it wasn't for Facebook. We use Facebook groups. We have an entire virtual platform. For all of our guys to hang out, it's like Facebook, but for all high-level men, it's like personal development. It's called the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. It's at thebilliondollarbody.com slash brotherhood, and it like shows you exactly what everything's in there. I bring in high-level trainers. It's really cool. It's all inspirational, and everyone's able to connect there. And then equally, we do uh, a one mastermind call every single month. It's all virtual, just like we're doing on Zoom right now. I can see their face. I can hear their voice. And so the more touch points you can have, the higher amount of intimacy and conversion and the purpose that you're going to feel. The biggest is going to be in person, similar to my wife. Like, Would it be as impactful to communicate with her through Facebook and Zoom every single day? No. Like, The highest form of intimacy would be like naked in my bedroom, and then it drops down from there. Mm -hmm. It's like in person, sitting there talking, hello, that's also awesome. Being able to hold hands and talk is going to obviously be better and more intimate and more satisfying. So I think about that same thing with our environment. It's like, if I get the guys 
together for a long period of time, that's always going to be the most impactful. But that's right now in today's day and age isn't able to happen. And I'm not able to reach people that are outside of my city. So I use those different tools to be able to create a similar experience that isn't quite as good, but that's why we have our live event. So you touched briefly on the personal side. And so I'm always curious as to how people develop their own behaviors and habits around technology at home. So do you have any rules in your household with your wife on when is it okay to use the phone or like do you have a, a docking station or, you know, what are the, the, the bedroom rules around phones or is it just free for all because you're both entrepreneurs? So because it, it is free for all for us, but it's because every morning we wake up and we do our daily intention. And so what it is, we do it privately. We say what we're grateful for, what our intention is for the day, what are our to-dos, review our calendar, what got done yesterday, what didn't get done yesterday, and where did we feel most stuck? And then after we do it alone, which takes like three or five minutes, then we come together and we talk to each other about it. And so we already know what the purpose is. So we trust each other enough that if we're on our phone, it's for a purpose because we have our priorities straight, knowing that uh, us, like take care of ourselves is first, our relationship is second, business is third. And so with keeping those intentions on top of mind every single day and reminding that, then I know that if she's jumping on the phone for something, I'll call her out every once in a while. She'll call me out. But at the end of the day, usually it's getting something done that's a high priority. And so we can trust that and know that, Oh, if she's doing that, it's for a purpose because we know what our boundaries are. We know what our intention is. We know what our priorities are. Mm -hmm. So that's how we do things. We have little things where try not to jump on the phone right away. Try not to look at it while we work out. And we really focus on getting one thing done at a time. So we've done a great job. And I think this has been one of the biggest contributors to our success in relationship and in business has been able to focus on one thing at a time and not multitask. I see so many people that are, oh, I'm going to write an email, three words in, I'm going to grab my phone. And that's okay, like if you're just in gel out time. But if if you're in purpose time and you write down, this is my intention for this hour or this 30 minutes, I'm not going to sit there and like divert my attention over and over again. And I'm equally not going to do that at dinner. I'm not going to do it at, with my wife in conversation unless we both say to each other, let's document this journey for other people to see how we're living our life. So... That's always the biggest thing is not disrupting your attention from the intention and the priority at hand, because if you do that, you're just never going to be able to make a big impact. Yeah. I think there, there's so much value to that and the, you know, the priority piece and just letting each other know that you have sort of there's a purpose and an intention behind each of your actions and being very aware of that. I love that. Why is everything, I believe, in in a relationship, when it comes to building a business, the why is everything. I just was consulting a dog training company. The employees were here, and but the husband and wife worked together. And so every single day, they had all this strife around their boarding trains, which is the dogs that actually come and live with them. They have to let them out, and some of them fight. So you have to put one in the cage, one outside. And no one wanted to do it and always caused the most conflict in the company. But then I asked, so why are you doing the boarding trains? So like, oh, well, if we do enough of them, we'll save enough money to build a facility and we'll be able to do it all on a facility and life will be amazing. And so the problem was that when they were doing the boarding trains every day, they weren't thinking about why they were doing it. The fact that in the future, if they do this correctly, they're going to get a different facility and have all these boarding trains and make way more money and everyone's going to be able to go on vacation and life's going to be amazing. They're going to be able to drive a Maserati and all these different things, right? And so when we figure out why, when I take that phone call at 8 p.m. when my wife just finishes dinner and when we have a big enough reason why, 
then all of a sudden she goes, oh my gosh, I understand why you're doing that. Rather than if I don't have a good why, then I am a jerk for picking up the phone at 8 p.m. If there's not a purpose to it that's bigger than the thing that you're sacrificing in the moment. And so, yeah, there was strife before for them. But then when they figured out why they were doing the actions, that it was ultimately leading to a result that really was going to make their life better, then all of a sudden there was understanding. And with that understanding, they were able to do the action with more happiness. And happiness is good. We know that. It, uh, yeah. it feeds our soul and it feeds our business because when we're really enjoying what we're doing, the dynamic completely changes and our ability to grow our businesses really, right? So gosh, this has just been so fun and I would love to continue with you, but I know we only booked a shorter interview. So I want to, to honor you and your time and to make sure that you have a chance to have a few parting words to the audience because I'm sure they've really enjoyed this. And we've, you've uh, shared a bunch of different links with us. We'll make sure those, again, will be in the show notes so that people don't have to try to, oh my gosh, that was a great interview. Where do I find out more? Any particular parting words of wisdom you'd like to share? Yeah. So there's I just interviewed someone this morning, actually, and they talked about you have unconscious incompetence, you have conscious incompetence, you got conscious competence, and you have unconscious competence. And those are like the four different phases of life. And generally, the people that are listening to a podcast like this, they're like me and you. They, they're not in the unconscious incompetence because they, they're not like just living ignorance is bliss. But generally with technology where people get stuck is with the conscious incompetence where they know what they should be doing, but then they're not doing it. And so it makes them feel really stuck, really sick stomach. So really I would write down, uh, if you're listening right now or in your head, just think of it. What's the purpose that you're using technology? What's the purpose that you're building a business? What are you trying to accomplish? Because at the end of the day, like I said, with the dog trainer, if he didn't know why he was doing those things, there was no reason to do it. So if you have no purpose to get on social, no no purpose to use technology, you really shouldn't do it. There's not a big deal. Like you don't have to do it. But once you dream up why you're doing it, like what do you want? Why do you want it? And then figure out how you can go and do it. That's going to be the next step. And that's where we're going to be able to go from there into action, which is going to be to conscious competence, which is going to be where you're physically getting yourself to change. Like I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go do it right And if you're going to do that, I just interviewed a guy named Rob on the Billion Dollar Body podcast, and he talks about how you can actually get your message out there to become more of an influencer, to get your message out there, to be able to do video, to be able to get whatever your business or brand, personal or big brand out there. And it's a really great interview. And so if you're someone who's really looking to go in that direction, I would go and check that out. And if not, if you're just looking to use technology as a way to be able to grow your business, or I I would look look at it in a way where you remove emotion. And you ask yourself, why am I not using more of this, this uh, avenue that's the future? What's holding me back? What would life be like if I was using it? Mm-hmm. Like, would it improve my life or take away from my life? And so, and then the goal is always to get to unconscious competence, which is what he shared on the show, which I thought was really good, which is where you're just doing the right things, not even conscious of what you're doing anymore. And so just figuring out really what your main goal is. And if your goal is to get out there and build a brand and actually make a bigger impact, more sales and create a lifestyle online where you don't have to be stuck to one location, then I would definitely go listen to that interview with Rob that, uh, that is out on the Billion Dollar Body podcast. Nice. Well, thanks. Great recommendation. And we'll make sure that we get a link on there as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nicholas. This has been really a pleasure. And I look forward to running into you at further events and following your progress. It's really been a joy today. Thank you so much. And that's all for today. We look forward to having you back on the next Evolving Digital Self podcast. 
Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.